church to remind those who are seeking for the good that it is found in Christ. The study, the study, the study. Man, it, I think this one is uh, relevant. It's practical, but it's mm-hmm. relevant to my own experience in terms mm-hmm. of throughout my journey. Uh, I think the Lord is constantly by his spirit illuminated the scriptures and I've had to think about what does this mean for my day-to-day and local church life mm. and I know other people deal with that as well and it's once you're you're feeling those angst you're you, you're learning better you may mm-hmm. be confronted with things from the scriptures from church history mm-hmm. and you're liking it it's, it's, it's seeming to resonate with what's in God's word in a way you haven't seen before now you're sort of in this pseudo crisis hmm. and you got to think, man, how do I go to church every Sunday and still draw on, you know, they say, eat the meat, throw away the bones. Oh, how do yeah, I do I that? remember that one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do I interact with my pastor? I don't want to yeah. seem like I'm hating on him because he's been holding me down. But at the mm. same time, I'm disagreeing with him. Like, how do you exist in that, in that skin, in that mm-hmm. sort of funk? And uh, work through those matters. Have y'all experienced that? I, I definitely have. Um, yeah. In a sense to where it's like you're at your old church. You love the people. You're used to the congregation. You, like, it's your norm. Yeah. But through some means, you have like started just seeing things differently. That could be, um, ideally, it should be you're thinking more biblically. So it could be. You started reading patristics. You started reading the church history, and now you you're seeing things in a different light. Of that's kind of different than what I'm seeing, or what we're expressing here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And how do I? How do you move forward? Do I just stay here and deny those biblical truths? For me personally, it got to the point where I can't no more. I can't no more. Like I I have to I have to make this break, man. Um, these differences are getting too much for me to ignore. And so you tried to put up with it for a space of time, like, yeah, yeah, man, a little while, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sure pastors don't tell you the way I, the way I did probably wasn't the actual correct way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, that's, uh, but some people like, was no rain check. Yeah. I showed up at work on Wednesday. It's the last time they saw me was Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll finish that report. Yeah, that report never got never touched. got turned. Got in. left on the printer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm off of the new gig, enjoying yeah. yeah. life. But, yeah. but but at the time, you thought that's what you ought to do. Like you was like, I'm doing this. I can do it. I'm doing it. No, correct, correct. So while I was there, I, I liked what my church was doing, and technically, I started visiting. Not even visiting. My daughter was going to a Lutheran school. Mm. I was engaged in studying. Uh, Charles Wesley, Methodist, mm. Methodist history, mm-hmm. and just digging in, you know? And I started having questions of, especially talk about on a different episode, the holiness movement and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I've never been one to lie to myself. Like, if I'm going to lie to anybody, it's not going to be myself. I'm sorry, that's against all the rules. <laughs> right. You know? And I know I'm not I'm not pulling this off. I'm not achieving this. I can, I can, I can look it. I can act it, you know? And so I started just digging more into that concept and realizing uh, concepts like uh, symbol justice epicator. All right. Center, at the same time, saint, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And I started just learning new traditions, and it was an aspect of I, I just started growing. I started learning new things, like how the the church history, the historic church view baptism, mm-hmm. how the comfort I could find in that, which seems like it doesn't uh, go with what I'm talking about, but it does. That's the comfort I have, like knowing that I'm failing at this. What assurance or what comfort do I have other than, yo, Christ promised to cleanse me, wash me, claim me, and I'm his. He promised that in these texts when I look at Romans 6, when I look at chapter Colossians 2, when I look at Galatians, how am I clothed in Christ? I look to my baptism. I look to those type of things. Those things started adding up on me, and then I went to a Lutheran church, and I heard confession absolution. And it literally almost brought me to tears. It was like, yo, um, I just confessed my sins that I've been trying to hide. I've been trying to hide. I've been going to church hearing about other people's sins, leaving here feeling more right. Like, I'm going to save the world, yo. (laughs) I got the answer. It's Jesus. Let me fix you. Never addressing, I need Jesus. I got to that point where it was just like, yo, I I, I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. So me, I, I probably ideally would be probably to talk to your pastor, your congregation. I mean, not your congregation, but your pastor, the elders, yeah. and work through it in that sense, you know? Yeah. As I said, I'm not one to lie to myself. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, but that uh, probably, yeah, I think that in talking yeah. to a pastor, well, I would like to know the ideal cir- circumstance. What should, how should someone work through this? Yeah. 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 I think one of the problems that can come up is you're dealing with an issue that, your leadership isn't dealing with the, and it's the ultimate issue. How can a sinful person be justified before a holy God? And like you said, you know, you reach that point that you couldn't lie to yourself about this. That was the same thing that happened to me. I, I, you know, I pushed through the whole issue of eternal security and then I was still left with the issue. But how do I know that I'm one of the people that has a right to claim eternal security. What does God's word say? Now, for those people whose life is not normed by God's word, oh, this is not a problem for them. Right. You know, for them, their only problem is, well, how do I, you know, feel good about myself? And as long as they've got a preacher who can make them feel good when, you know, by the time service is over, they're good to go. You know? Yeah. Um, That's why— Everybody used to try to be T.D. Jakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Big facts. If, if you can just get people where they're all pumped up and, you know, then they, they you know, they drop the money in the plate and then they go out the door happy, you know, rinse and repeat. But when you're the one that say, okay, you know, when Sunday comes, it's beautiful. And then by Tuesday— I guess I need a resupply, so I got to show up for Wednesday night. And what if the boss pastor isn't preaching? One of the younger guys is preaching. He hasn't learned the tricks of the trade yet to make yeah. me feel great. The pound doesn't go, um, when he's yeah. into the sermon. He doesn't know the timing. Yeah. And so you start reading. Hopefully, you start reading more. and You start reading more of the Word. You start reading more good theology. And... You know, if the Lord really blesses and says the same, you start reading confessional, evangelical, Lutheran theology. Because everybody out there who's not Roman Catholic and who's not Eastern Orthodox, uh, I don't know too many places where you can uh, 
get to run across any Coptic theology. So for most of us folk here in the United States, it'll either be Catholic or Protestant. And once you walk away from from Catholic because of all the barnacles and stuff that's obscuring the gospel there, and you'll get to Protestant, you'll either be Calvinist or Arminian. And you'll be convinced that those are the only two things to choose from until one day somehow into your hands will fall a book by a Lutheran pastor, and you will hear that you are a sinner and that Christ died for sinners. Ergo, that includes you. And that it doesn't make any sense to pretend that you're not a sinner because you know better. But if you can just accept the fact that God knows that you're a sinner and so the gospel is the solution to what you're struggling with. Now you got that in your head for you. Dr. Luther said that Romans was an excellent book for that. The book of Romans brought him to his point of crisis. Yeah. The book of Romans did the same thing for me. And it was just a matter of time when I discovered that I wasn't the only person that came to Romans and came out the other side realizing that Christ is for me and that he's not standing off in the distance watching me, waiting for me to prove myself to him, but he's actually has gone ahead of me, has opened the doors for me, has paved the road for me, has placed the spirit in me who's working in me both the to will and the to do for his good pleasure. Yeah. And then I said, well, okay, well, where can I find a place where that is being built upon, where that's the foundation? And upon that foundation, which is Christ, a building is being built. I'm being built up in the faith. Yeah. And yeah. once that becomes the parameter, you won't worry about things like how good the choir sounds, or whether they sing the latest hits, or how cool that pastor is at cute turns of phrase. You just want to hear the word that made that killed you and made you alive. Mm. You just want to taste and see that the Lord is good, so good that even if the pastor can't preach, yeah, you still walk out that door knowing that your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Even if he's not a great storyteller, mm-hmm. yeah. you walk out that door knowing that Christ is for you. Because that's what the divine service is. God telling you Mm. that he is for you in so much so that he deals with the one thing and the only thing that separates you from God, and that is your sin. Mm. And all the, the, the entertaining choirs, the whimsical speakers, the the footprint in the community, none of those things will give you peace with God, but God's word gives you peace with God. No, that's good. So what do you say? So what do you say to the person that's like, so they're they're there with you, like they're amen and everything you're saying. They're saying amen everything you're saying. They're like, like that's my experience, but mm-hmm. I feel compelled to win. The church over, mm. you know, like I, I remember I went mm-hmm. through that. I just was uh, 
at the church home that the Lord used to really beef me up in my faith mm-hmm. as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Then I got exposed to reform thought through the big homies cross movement. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a space in my life where I was thinking, man, maybe if I can uh, just kind of stay here and help people get exposed to what I got exposed to, mm-hmm. then maybe they'll be excited about it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will just maybe. do a move in the whole church. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what Dr. Luther did. Yeah. And who knows? He may, you know. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. not that extrovertish, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think for that person in the pews should be their next mode of operation after they get to the point of saying, okay, I know this is what church yeah. should be. I know this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, like I know me just, you know, saying hitting the eject button mm-hmm. isn't ideal. Yeah. I'm glad my parachute worked. Yeah, I'm not I, mad where it landed. Yeah. So I'm wondering what what should, yeah. should they go talk to the pastor and just be like, I'm struggling with this, 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 or should it be, I've come to these conclusions and I'm moving on. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as a pastor, what would be the best approach for somebody? I would well, that? you know, first this is gonna sound kind of cliche, but yeah, first I would pray. No, nah, that's real. Uh, that's real. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Pray because that's really a big thing that you're contemplating. <laughs> it is. Here you are now. Up until this moment, you've had a particular relationship with your pastor. He's been the guy that gave you information, spiritual information. All right. And now you're about to go to him and say, Hey, I've got information that you didn't give me. And I think it's information that you need. Now, one or two things will happen. <laughs> One, he might hear you out, and it'll turn out that he's been wrestling with those same things. Mm. And he will take that book that you're holding out to him and read it. And he'll start thinking those thoughts, too. Mm. That can happen. Yeah, let yeah. me come with you. Yeah. Now. Sneak out the back together. <laughs> Or he will look at the fact that he has spent all these years in this system. He Everything he has is connected to this system, yeah. this system that you're challenging. That if he were to walk away from that, he's walking away from everything that he has built. Mm-hmm. And it's working for him right yeah. now. Yes, there's, you know— there's some squeaking going on in the wheels. Yes, it's sometimes it's a bumpy ride, but as long as he can keep faking it until he makes it, no one will know. And if he does what you're suggesting, he will have to admit that. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. some people will be like that rich young ruler. They got a lot of things. So I guess you could at least mm. give it a shot one time. Right. Yeah. And if he was, like it says, if you got an ought against your brother, Jesus said, go to your brother, you go and him alone. Brother. Yeah. And if he listens to you, you gained your brother. Mm. But if not, you take two or three others with you. Let's see, now it's got to be two or three others that know the road that you're taking. Yeah. Ooh. That can actually talk to him on a on a level that he will maybe receive them. Yeah. So they've got to have some weight. Yeah. And if he hears you and them, you gained your brother. Yeah. 
I thought you were saying take two or three, like take them with me out to church to the new place. Yeah. But no, what you're saying is biblical. <laughs> I'm just Lex. I wasn't really yeah. thinking like that. <laughs> yeah. Take like, two or three. Snatch a few I'm on the way out with you. Nah, that's powerful application. But what if he doesn't? You know, and yeah. Now, I mean, what church are you going to take him to? Yeah. You can't take him to the, his congregation because you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be torn. Now it's gonna become a, a leadership thing, yeah. class of loyalty thing. Yeah, uh, man. If man. I at that point, you know, he will if he's at all a person of integrity, he will he would say to you, "Well, you know, brother, you know, if you really feel like this is where the Lord is leading you, uh, God bless you and He release you," mm. or He'll say that, you know, that's not of God and, you know, I know that God is moving in this and I know because of signs and wonders and God did this to me. And you're saying I I am not questioning any of that. I'm just telling you that the message that you're preaching yeah. is not what's comforting me. It's not what's causing me to know that Christ is for me. I support you. I know as I support you, I know you're for me, but I don't know Jesus is for me. But when I read this, it told me that Christ is for me. And it pointed me not to you, but it pointed me back to the word. Everything that you're saying to me, Pastor, it points me back to you. You're the example. You're the person I should follow. You're the person I should be loyal to. But this word points me to Jesus the author and finisher of my faith. Mm. See, we Lutherans say that the scripture is the norming norm, yeah. the norma normata. And unfortunately, that's not the case for, for many of our brothers and sisters. Instead, it's their pastor's commentary mm-hmm. on the scripture. Yeah, or that private inner voice, too. Yeah. They give that authority over the word. Yeah, well, th- I heard this and it made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what Jesus said would be the impact of hearing that rock. Yeah. That rock, if you fall on it, you will be broken. Yeah. But if it falls on you, it will grind you down to powder. Mm. Doesn't say it'll make you feel good. Mm. Sometimes. His word says it'll be sweet in your mouth and it'll be bitter in your belly. Mm, that's facts. So what I'm hearing y'all saying is it's okay to move away from an unhealthy you local have, church yeah. experience. I think you have to. Yeah. I don't know any. You have to. Yeah. You will break. Like, like I said, in my situation, you know, and I'll go even personal with mine. Especially with the current climate of the of society in our community, mm-hmm. as three uh, three black men. Yeah, I was at a, a, a black church. I was at a church where, you know, uh, as some people say, a safe place, or mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. a more traditional mm-hmm. this type church. To leave that, that's principally because that's not my primary goal. My primary goal isn't to sit here with people who like my same football team who can joke like I joke or relate to me how I'm used to relating. My primary focus became Christ crucified in that sense. And like I said, it got to a point where for me to get to that point where I'm willing to walk away from that, you have to realize that got to a point where it's like, I just can't no more. Yeah. Yeah. I need this that much. 
this is not going to hold weight to this. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. If I also look at it like this, I know that the pure gospel is not restricted by ethnicities or by cultural boundaries. It's not even restricted by language. Praise God. He didn't write the Bible in German because I don't know German. Mm. (laughs) That's facts. And (laughs) it can, it can, it can be, you know, I've had the experience. I, I was, I lived in Las Vegas for many years as a Pentecostal. And I've had the privilege of going back to Vegas mm. and preaching the pure gospel in those Pentecostal churches. Wow. Telling them that Christ is for you and he's not putting you on probation. And it's not about whether you have a spiritual language or not. It's not whether 10% of your gross or your net is found finding its way into the church budget or not. It's about you knowing that Christ is for you because he said so. This is how John 3.16, you know, I wish that they didn't translate it for God so loved the world because we hear that. This, for God so loved the world, he loved the world so much. When it actually translates, for this is how God loved the world. Thusly. Wow. God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You want to know if God loves you? Look to Christ and him crucified. That's why Paul said he determined not to know anything among you, but Christ and him crucified. That's the proof of God's love for you, the cross. And the cross doesn't care about whether you're rich or poor, doesn't care about whether you're black or white, doesn't care about whether you're male or female, slave or free. It doesn't care. The cross says to whatever you are, however you self-define, however you think society defines you, whatever it is, the cross says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened. I will give you rest. No, it's not the wood talking. It's the one on the wood. Yeah. Christ crucified. Mm, yeah. That's good. One Ooh. thing I want to say though is this. Nah, turn up. Nah, this is just for um because sometimes I forget that we're actually recording. You know yeah, what I'm nah, nah, nah. Go, go, go. When he says the passage says that, don't think he grabbed that from a YouTube clip or something like that. Like he's trained. Like he actually can point you to the Hebrew, can point you to the Aramaic. You know what I'm saying? Like he knows his stuff on that level. Don't think that, oh, he must have watched the same TikTok video I watched. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Oh, he has the what's it called? The uh, book where they chant, um, the Logos program. Lo- yeah, the Logos program or one of those. No, he actually no shout out, no shot, no uh, disses to Logos. No, no, no it's no diss, <laughs> right? But it's different be- looking it up yourself and saying this compared to actually passing a class or having to actually get certified and have someone stamp you saying, okay, you're able to properly read it here and say what it says and see why this translation is wrong and this one's not. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, you know, yeah, it's about that John 3, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People yeah, okay. hear you Fair say enough. that and think yeah. that that's that. And it's like, no, he knows what he's talking Especially about. because that's so common in the culture now is people just sort of plucking things from yeah, social media yeah. and they quote it yeah, as authoritative. Funny. I hadn't even thought about that. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's, well, let me see. I, 
I've known how to read Greek for so long now. Flex on I, them. I don't even think of you know yeah. that much about Flex it. Flex on yeah. them, no. <laughs> yeah. But no, you know, the, yeah. the reality is that you know when you when you understand that God gave us His Word because that's how He reveals Himself to us. Yeah, and so God's Word is not this uh, secret code that needs right. to be cracked. You know, yeah. it was it was written in Greek, common Greek, because that's what people spoke. Right. And the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic because that's what those people spoke. When Moses came down from Sinai with the ten words on the two tablets of stone, it was in the language of the people who were spec to hear that. And do that and live by it. God does not speak to us in secret codes. Yeah. And then leaving us scratching our heads trying to figure out what he's saying. God is quite plain about this stuff. He tells us that we're sinners. He tells us what our sins consist of. Mm -hmm. That's good. So last thing I want to ask y'all, because that's so beautiful. Like, how would you, you know, and and help people suffer through their real sense of loss, especially from our context? Yeah. So people who are genuinely and culturally not used to being in other spaces, they feel very uncomfortable. They know the world to look and mean this. And then they may get exposed to some of these historic truths. Yeah. And it's like, now I have to do this huge sort of, you know, leap of faith, if you will, if you want to mm-hmm. use that term, or this uncomfortable move. Yeah. And maybe be around just a whole nother culture of people, a whole nother style of liturgy or the flow of service and yeah. music. And that could seem like a real sort of funeral, like a sort of death. And like, how do you, how would you, how did you, or how would you encourage somebody to sort of suffer through that? For the pure gospel, helping them know it's worth it. You know oh, what I mean? And how, you know what I mean? Because that's yeah, a real you know, struggle. Should, like I would say, if they're really for you and they really like you're saying, yeah, they might not agree, but they should understand. Mm. Yeah, they should respect it enough to say that if I really felt that way, I would have to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm still here for you. Let's talk this through. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Hey, you might be right, or you might hear me. I was like, okay, maybe I was hasty. They should still be there and walk mm-hmm. with you through this. Yeah. So yeah. that's the way I would say, hypothetically, it should mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Now. And a, the person themselves who's who's saying, I agree with you, Flame. I agree with you, Lex. I agree with you, Pastor Delwin. I want to maybe go visit a local confessional mm-hmm. Lutheran church. Then they may step in that building, and it's just, it feels weird. It feels awkward. It yeah. feels uncomfortable. Like, that's a real sort of breaking from what you know to be true yeah. to move into this new space. Like, yeah, I get it. some people you know, you really you. get stuck in that. Like, how would yeah. you encourage them, like, yeah. press on? You, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Most of the time that people go visit a new church, yeah, they're, the, they're at that new church because somebody from that church invited them. And right now, I guess we're speaking— well, up until this second, we were speaking kind of quietly to our fellow confessional Christians, our fellow Lutherans. But now I need to be rather 
overt and blunt. Um, recently, we were at the National Synodical Convention, and a brother came up to you, and he said this as a word, as a compliment. You know, he said how grateful he was for you and, you know, your how you're using your gifts and how you're spreading this message through hip-hop. And he said, because you can go to places that I can't go. And he was talking to you, and he meant it as a compliment, and I did not want to yuck his yum. But I also wanted to say to him, where is it that flame can go that your feet won't take you? Where are you hindered from going? Because if it's, well, flame can go into the inner city. You know, when the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod started growing and expanding, it was mostly growing and expanding in urban communities, in in cities. And then those Germans became more affluent and they could move to the suburbs And because they wanted to stay in their comfort zone, they moved to the suburbs. And they left those buildings where, in some cases, they had an an African-American sub-congregation that they were discipling to a certain extent, not enough to where they could, you know, take leadership, but where they could be faithful followers. And they left them there. Many times they left them with buildings that were paid off. They were in good shape, but they didn't know how to maintain them. And they took their financial resources with them, too. Well, some of those churches still exist, saints. Some of those black Lutheran churches are still there. So if you happen to be in some cities where there are black Lutheran congregations, guess what? You won't have to step too far out of your comfort zone because just like you're black, they're black, too. And they they know all them old songs, too. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not black. They still need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus. That's right. And that's the important that's thing good. is you want to hear Jesus. You When you're in that space, you don't care what the person that serves you Jesus that's looks good. like. Yeah. But if you're thinking that in order to do this, I have to give up being me, I can tell you, you don't. Yeah. You can still be you. Yeah. You can still be from round the way. Yeah. You can still love your soul food. Hey. And your gospel music, because hey. yeah. there's folk just like you, and we're confessional and evangelical, and we have come to know that God speaks in word and sacrament. That's a word. Now, that that's one right there for at least half of the people. That's beautiful. Yeah. But for those who aren't blessed like that, then maybe God has opened a door for you, especially if you're a younger person. Mm. You know, you're young enough. And you got enough of a brain that you could become that person that can go to other people and share that good news with them and be that witness. You know, maybe you can start that change, can make that change. If God is doing that, then praise God from whom all blessings flow. Yeah. 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 That's good. Beautiful. (laughs) The study. Let's go. Yeah.